0: Happy Easter, everybody. <clears throat> Today we come to celebrate this beautiful Easter Mass, uh, the day of the resurrection of our Lord. You know, I couldn't help but just be so overjoyed um, whenever the glory started and all the lights came on and the candles began to be lit. And uh, man, my heart just wanted to explode um, to know that on this day, uh, we've been through quite a journey these past few weeks as as people of God, as, as a nation, as a world. And this day marks the most incredible of days because this is the day that our Lord and Savior uh, rises from the grave and conquers all of our fears uh, and death itself. You know, there is uh, a part of this whole triddle that we've been going through, began with Holy Thursday to Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. <clears throat> that Holy Thursday um, is the Passover, and there's a quote that's used in the Passover. In the original Jewish Passover that I think echoes all the way through the Triduum. It says what makes this night different than all other nights? What makes this night different than all of the nights? Well the, the difference of this night than all other nights is that God has raised himself up from the dead. He conquered sin and death, the old ancient curse of, of Adam and Eve, the The penalty of sin is death and sickness. He conquers this tonight. That's what makes this night different than all other nights on the entire calendar year. What also makes this night different is you're not here. I'm not looking at you in my pews. I don't see your faces. I don't see your eyes. I don't see your smiles. It's different than all other nights. But come with me this way. I want to show you our pews Um, this night throughout the entire week, you've been coming and putting your petitions right here on the pews. This is what makes the night a little bit different. You're not here physically, but you are here within your hearts. Your hearts are splattered all across our pews. Your prayers, your intentions, your names, The things that you want to offer up to God, you're here. You see, we're not bound by space and time. Not whenever we exist in the resurrected Jesus. When we live in the resurrection of our Lord, we're not bound by space and time. Just as Jesus' body is not bound by space and time. He passes through walls. He leaves a sealed tomb without the the tomb even being opened yet. And so we're united tonight in the mystical body of Christ. Though you're not in the pews, your hearts are. And we're praying for you. And we're offering up this Mass for you in a very particular way. You know, <clears throat> what makes this night different than all of the nights is that our Lord and Savior has risen. You know, I couldn't help but think, what was the first Easter like for the apostles and for the Blessed Mother and uh, for the women of Jerusalem, for his disciples? What was it like? Well, it probably sounded something like this. They were afraid. Jesus had been killed and they didn't know what was going to happen. Now, life seemed to be a bit different. Everything changed. They were living their life one way, and there was fame, and there was miracles, and there was, there was this beautiful unity and communion with Jesus, and life was an adventure, and all of a sudden now life has come to a screeching halt, and it changed. They're locked up in quarantine, in their homes, in fear, because Jesus died. I wonder what kind of conversations they were having. I wonder if some of the apostles were like, "Guys, I know Jesus talked about rising on the third day. I remember him saying it, but is he really going to rise? Like is that really going to happen? What are we going to do now? What's life going to be like? What's going to be our new norm?" Sounds familiar, doesn't it? At least for me it does. But w- what's life like now? Now that this whole coronavirus thing has, has paralyzed the world, I think one thing that I've realized is like, man, you know what? I'm not in control. <laughs> as much as I think I like to be in control of things, I'm not, and you aren't either. Um, like this whole thing has made us stop. It's made us realize what's truly the most important things in life. I think the apostles had to stop at that moment and go, what, what has happened? If God doesn't come through with this, what is going to come of us? And so maybe we find ourselves there. Just like the apostles, we kind of find ourselves um, in quarantine. Yes, listening to what the government is saying. Yes, there is prudence there. But Jesus wants to break through the fear of our heart. That's what he's getting after. That's what he wants. He doesn't want us to be bound in shackles in fear any longer, not just of getting sick. But see, Jesus comes, and because he dies on the cross, and because he rises from the grave, we don't have to be afraid of death itself at all. Like, that's a big deal. Nobody likes to die. Nobody wants to die. And there's always a fear in death. But if we know who we are, and we know who Jesus is, we don't have to fear anything. And so this was the experience of the first Easter. If you notice in the gospel today, Jesus, the tomb, the stone wasn't rolled back. It says the angel pushes that back and the angel sits on top of the, of the stone. I think that's just the coolest thing. I don't know why the angel, you know, is sitting on top of this big stone that was sealed that nobody could get into. The angel's just kind of like sitting there chilling, like I don't know, maybe he's eating some of bourgeois beef jerky or something, but but he's just like sitting there chilling out of like, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Maybe that stone is symbolic of some way, I don't know. Maybe it's a symbol of those areas of Life that we just roll those stones up in front of those parts of our heart and we seal it up good and tight and we don't want anybody to get into that part of our heart. That part that's kind of stinky, you know, the part that we struggle with, the part that nobody really knows that we can't get into. You see, Jesus, in the power of Jesus Christ... These angels, the legion of angels, Jesus is the king of kings and this is the legion that fights for him. This legion helped conquer. And they roll that stone back. And maybe that's what happens within our own hearts, right? Maybe it's time for the stone of our own hearts to be rolled back and we invite Jesus to come right into our hearts. And to illuminate that, to, to bring His resurrection power right into those parts of our heart that we don't want anybody in and that we sealed that door good and tight. You see, the resurrected Jesus wants to get in there. And He wants to heal and He wants to redeem and He wants to be Savior right there. You know, one thing that this whole coronavirus has done, I think has begun to... To, to begin to, like, reorder our lives. Guys, I don't know about you, but life was nuts. It was crazy. And I would hear it from people all the time. Father, life is so fast. I just don't even know how to stop and be still anymore. I'm spinning everywhere. I'm going from one spot to the next. And my kids are in baseball and in there and football in there and dancing in there and there are doing all these things. And I had a lady tell me the other day. She was like, Father, she said, "what well, this thing has done for me and my families she said it's tragic what has happened in the world I get it but she said what it did for me and my family she said I feel like a mom again and not a taxi driver it's brought back order into our lives into our world it made us slow down It let us go outside and play with your kids again. It lets you just go sit on a blanket and enjoy a little picnic. It lets you go outside and walk and run. And have evening glasses of wine with your spouse. And watch a good movie together. And pray together. You see, it, it stopped us in our tracks. And we needed to be. We needed to realize What's most important in our lives? And how do we go beyond our comfort zones? You see, there's always grace. There's always grace to be found, even in the deepest tragedies, even in the midst of the cross of Jesus Christ. The the worst tragedy that ever happened in the history of the world was whenever Jesus Christ was crucified. But that's not the end of the story. He rises from the grave. And he conquers sin and death, and he sets us free, and he opens up the gates of heaven so we could be with him and the Father for all of eternity. See, death doesn't have the last word. That's what Jesus is showing us today. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He conquers it. That's incredible gift for us. And so in these times, wherever we find ourselves, in these days, know that this disease doesn't have the final word. That word belongs to Jesus Christ who is the word, made flesh for us. Right? And so we have the beautiful account of Genesis in our readings today. I love it. It's ordered. God is ordering all of creation. On day one, he does this. On day two, he does that. Day three, he does something else. Yeah, God is a God of order. And whenever we live in a world of chaos... He's going to come down and he's going to put order into our chaotic world somehow, some way. How did he do it with Jesus? He did it by way of suffering and by way of the cross. That's how he brought order back into the world. And then he rose from the grave with the great hope. And so I love at the end of creation, um, God rested. He was tired, Pope Bet. He had a lot going on, and he was doing so much, and he was creating everything. He was separating light from darkness, and he was creating the birds and the fish and the sea and everything in it. And man, on the seventh day, God rested. I think that's where we need to go from here. What are we going to do at the end of this pandemic? It's going to end. What are we going to do? How are we going to go back to life? What do we want to go back to? It's an important question. What are we hurrying back to? Yes, there's certain things that need to go back into order, absolutely. But we can't forget these good things that are going on. What am I gonna hold on to from this? You've enjoyed spending time with your spouse in ways that maybe you haven't done in years. You've enjoyed being with your kids liturgy has come alive in your homes in a way that it probably never would have you see as a church we've always provided the liturgy for you and now you can't be here and so you've gotten creative and you have found ways to make the domestic church come alive in ways that would have never happened had this not taken place good things have come out of it children are drawing all over the sidewalks and on their their uh, their driveways and they're writing scripture passages and drawing pictures of jesus and the cross and They're playing hopscotch outside. Man, when did that ever, like, come back? It wouldn't have without this. Like, families are praying together now. Our youth here, our college campus, we've gone virtual for all of our Bible studies. We haven't let this stop us from bringing the gospel to the ends of the world. And you haven't let it stop you either. I've just heard such cool things that families are doing to keep the faith alive in their children. Traditions that are now going to be made that I pray continue from generation to generation. You couldn't have the way of the cross in the church. So, what did one little community do? All the kids decorated the way of the cross and spread it out throughout the entire neighborhood, and everybody got to go and do the way of the cross in a safe way. That probably wouldn't have happened. It's been incredible. That we've entered into the creative nature of God to bring liturgy still alive. We're, we're liturgical people. We're a culture of Catholicism. And Jesus Christ is going to reign no matter what, no matter where. Jesus Christ passed through a stone. That was sealed and he was raised from the dead. He goes through walls. The resurrected body of Jesus knows no bounds. And here today, it knows no bounds. You're not here physically with me, but Jesus Christ is with you in your homes. He goes beyond the the building, the walls of this building and is now in your home with you celebrating, touching, enlivening. Opening our hearts, entering into those areas of our hearts that we need His redemption so bad. So, Jesus is with you. And this is the reality we get to live in. Jesus Christ, risen from the grave, conquers it for us. So, what makes this night different than all other nights? It's the fact that a grave hasn't held him bound. It's the fact that Jesus came through with his promises. It's the fact that Jesus is the word that he speaks into us. It's the fact that Jesus now on this night, what makes it different is this light of the resurrected body of Jesus it illuminates that tomb that is now empty. What makes this night different than all other nights Is that Jesus can come deeply into my heart. And He can resurrect those areas. He can bring it all back to life. Those areas that I thought were unredeemable. That nobody's going to know about. Like Jesus wants to go there. He wants to enter that. And so let this night be different for you. At your home tonight. Let it be different. That Easter candle that you have lit in your house, let that be the symbol of the light of Jesus coming into the world, dispelling of the darkness of sin and of death. We have nothing to fear. Not whenever we serve a God who has conquered sin and death itself. So let us go now with Jesus, with the apostles. Into the most beautiful sacred area of our own lives into this holy mass where he will pass through so to speak transcend everything and become body blood soul and divinity In that holy Eucharist which you receive spiritually tonight and we receive for you on behalf of you and the entire church So we give praise and honor to God who has risen from the tomb.